0: Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is a show that we wish we had a decade ago. Now, this show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. So make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here, as well as getting some killer free stuff by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, check out the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of dating and attraction, such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, even relationship management and breakups. That stuff is all obviously extremely important to your success, so make sure you get a handle on that as well. We've also got our boot camps and our live training running every single week here in Hollywood, California. Details on that at theartofcharm.com. Or just give us a call or even email me, Jordan H. at The Art of Charm, and I'll tell you exactly what you need to know to get started with that. I'm looking forward to meeting all you guys here at The Art of Charm. All right, today we're talking with Grant Baldwin. We're going to talk about why who you are is more important than what you do, how to mentally break out of the nine to five, mental traps that keep us in places we don't want to be in terms of our career, and of course, trends and habits of successful people, one of my most favorite topics of all time. Also, why following your passion is overrated, and how to find out what you're passionate about in the first place, and then last but not least, action steps to make big changes in your life, especially with respect to your job, your career, your occupation, whatever you want to call it. So enjoy this one with Grant Baldwin. Tell us a little bit about who you are and why it matters. Like I said, I'm always getting this question, what do I do with my life, and I'm thinking, Thank you for flattering me with this email and this question, but asking me what to do with your life is kind of like asking a blind man what he thinks of the rainbow. You know, you talk a lot about passion and things like that. Tell us how we find it and tell us who you are, first of all.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm a a speaker and a dude who just enjoys helping people figure out what they want to do with in the world. So I've been uh, speaking for the past seven, eight years or so. That's kind of been my full-time gig. I speak primarily with high school, college students and travel all over the country speaking about 50, 60 events a year. I've really, really enjoyed that. It's been a lot of fun. And we've talked a lot about it with students, just helping them think through where their life is headed, what they need to do to actually make that happen. And so have been doing that for a while. And then recently we started a, uh, a podcast and are starting to do something more for like 20, 30-somethings. Because uh, the way a the way a 16 or 17 year old thinks about their career and where their life is headed is just totally different than the way a 26 or 36 year old is thinking about their life. So a big thing we've found, we we kind of experienced our own quarter life crisis a few years ago of just going, all right, what what do I want to be when I grow up? There's got to be more to life than just punching the clock and just going through the motions and just collecting a paycheck. Because there's like we both know far too many dudes who are just like. Thank God it's Friday, Oh God, it's Monday, And they just live life like that, And so I think you and I are guys who who are going, okay, listen, uh, we all have the ability to find and do work we love, but it's not like we have a magic potion or a magic bullet, or we have just some type of a secret pill that's going to make it all all of a sudden magically come together. I think we've just put in the hard work and hustle to figure out and think through for ourselves what are we good at, what do we enjoy doing, what are we passionate about? What does the market allow, and how do all of those things translate? Into a career, and so most people we just take the path of least resistance and start heading down a course. And then, you know, several years into it, may wake up and realize, crap, I don't, I'm doing this job that I hate, and my life is miserable, and I want to get out. I just don't know how. And so yeah. hopefully, hopefully, we're trying to help people just get unstuck there. I agree with you, and I, I appreciate you
0: saying as what will the market allow. I think that's a big deal, and we'll get into that in a second. But for guys that are new to the show, and for you, for yourself, uh, I used to work on Wall Street. I was an attorney for a while. I fell into it, and people go, how did you fall into a you know top-market Wall Street job? It happens when you try to get a job at Best Buy with your degree from the University of Michigan, and they go, cool, well, you can sell CDs, but you can't work on computers because you need experience for that. And you go, oh, my God, this is my career. Yeah, where's for the sure. rope, and how do you tie that knot? It's awful. It's the worst feeling ever. And I know tons of guys, you're right, we know tons of guys between us, I'm sure, that go, oh, yeah, what are we going to do this weekend? It's almost hump day, and I'm thinking, hump day, what is that? Oh, I'm over the hump? I'm just thinking about how can I fit in all the things I want to do for my business and for my clients, students, and for the Art of Charm before the weekend and all the other lazy people stop working,
1: you know what I mean? no, exactly. I I mean, there's a lot of people who are, like you said, just like, oh, God, it's Monday. It's like, dude, I love Mondays. Like, I'm just like, sweet, I got a full week ahead of me just to get stuff done and to do something I enjoy, to do something I'm passionate about, feel like I'm really helping people, so... Yeah, I think it's just like if we all have to work, we all got to make a living doing something. Why wouldn't you do something that you enjoy? Why wouldn't you do something that you feel like is contributing to the world? Uh, I think you know, if you if you hate your job, that's fine. We've all been in seasons like that. But what do you what are you gonna do about it? I guess is the real question.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like breaking out mentally, breaking out of the nine to five. And I think it's it's important. And I agree that there's got to be some element of passion there. Because at one level, passion is what, when you don't want to be there, but you can't stop yourself, you're compelled. Not because your boss is going to fire you and not because your mom or wife won't love you anymore if you don't do it, but because you just feel there's a burning desire in you even though you're tired and you're reaching for your third can of Red Bull if you're into that stuff. Or you're buying coffee at 5 p.m. even though you know it's going to keep you awake till 3 because you just can't wait. It's like writers that are really good at writing... They explain it in ways my writer friends do, like, this is kind of gross. It's like they're sick and they just got to get it all out. That's how I feel about doing this show. That's how I feel about creating things for the Art of Charm and content and things like that is it's like, it's got to get out or I'm going to be up at night with my phone in my hand writing show notes at 4.30 a.m., which it sounds great to have that much passion, but at some level, it's almost like a creative burden, if that makes any sense, and I'm sure, sure you've you've had that too before, maybe a big talk. It's like you're not nervous per se, you just wanna get it perfect.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you know, I think a couple lessons there. I think one is that no matter how much you enjoy what you do, there's always gonna come a time where it is work. Yeah. You know, like you and I both like really like what we do, but at the end of the day. It's not just like you know rainbows and roses and 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 sparkles or anything. Like we have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort. So I think sometimes the myth with a lot of guys is just like trying to find what's that perfect job and that thing that's just going to fulfill me and make my life better and and like solve all my problems. It's like, well, I, I hate to burst your bubble, dude, but it just doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a perfect job. So as much as you and I enjoy what we do, there's days where you're like, ah, got to do that again. You know, as much as I enjoy traveling around and speaking. Days where you're like, "Ah, I got to get on another plane or I got to get to the hotel late or you got to get up early and just those glamorous travel moments that nobody sees. But at the (laughs) same time, though, it's just it's that passion that's willing to push you through those things to go on. No, no, no you know, there's a reason why I'm doing this and it's not because of the travel and it's not because of the work, but I'm doing it because I know I'm contributing. I know that I'm making a difference. I know that I'm doing something that I enjoy. I know that I'm providing a great life for my family. I'm just doing something that I love. And so oftentimes it's that that's really carrying you through the work side of it.
0: I agree with you. You know, it's funny because I have a friend who travels around a ton for work and goes to like consumer electronic shows all over the world. And it's like, oh, you know, go to Dubai and do this conference and stuff. And people are always like, man, that's so cool. And I remember him and I were talking really late one night over some some like whiskey, and I was like, you know, I, I gotta be honest with you, I could never do your job. I feel like, you know, if I got news on Thursday that I had to go to Dubai on Monday for two weeks, I'd be really pissed. And he goes, thank you. He's like, nobody gets it, because yeah. everybody's preoccupied with, ooh, Dubai, I've never been there. When you've been there 14 times, it's always 110 degrees, and... You know, they always squeeze you for this, that, and then you got to submit your receipts to accounting and da, da 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 and you've got to stay this place while your family is like having your grandmother's birthday party. It sucks. You're right. It's that thing where at the end of the day, people are like, man, your job must be so awesome. And I'm like, it's awesome until it's not, and then it's just like every other job. Luckily, you and I ideally have, at least at some level, more days when we wake up and go, hell yeah, I get to do what I love and fewer days where we go, oh, really this, but there's still going to be those days. And they're not once every 90 days or once every blue moon. And, and for every new entrepreneur, that's like, I love what I'm doing every day. I wake up so excited. I'm like, just wait. I mean, I appreciate the positivity, but if there's never a day that you wake up and go, oh man, then you're probably not building that business as well as you should I don't know there's something go- missing or or maybe we need to learn from that guy I don't know
1: but well I think the key word there that you kind of alluded to is is control like if you're being shipped off to Dubai and you have no vote on it. That sucks. But if you're like, nah, I'm going to go to Dubai and I know why I'm going and here's how it's going to lead to this and the outcomes that I'm hoping to achieve. Even though it's work and it's a brutal flight and it's insanely hot, at least you feel like I'm in control and I can decide to do this or not do this versus someone's dictating my schedule and dictating my life. Yeah, that's the key is control. Even
0: then, I'm sure you go, oh man, I told this person I was going to do this and now I have to You you become your own boss, but you're not always necessarily going to choose the thing that you like doing the most. You're going to choose what's best for your business. And I think a lot of people don't think about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, thankfully, you know, the longer you do something, it's easier to cherry pick the things that you actually like and outsource stuff that you hate doing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know when I got started speaking, I mean, I I would take events that was like, "Ah, that's not ideal. And I'd rather not. But you're going to pay me great because I've got a mortgage and I've got I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We've got three little girls. We all like to eat and live indoors. So therefore, it's important that I get income from somewhere. So there's times where you just take stuff. You're like, I just need a paycheck. And knowing that it's a means to an end, that it's getting me closer to the kind of life or the kind of business that I ultimately want to have.
0: Yeah, exactly. And life is too short to do something that you don't like. And so, I mean, is the takeaway then don't take a career for money? Because I learned that, of course, the hard way. But I think that we have to balance that, like you said, right, because a lot of people are like, I'm, you know, I want to do something I'm passionate about. And I'm like, that's cool that your parents are paying your rent and you're 28 years old, but not everybody has that. And also they think you're a huge loser and eventually you're probably going to want to get married and have kids and your wife might not want to live in your parents' basement.
1: Wives tend to frown on that type of thing. But, they do. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I tell people is like, money is definitely a factor. It just shouldn't be the factor. You know, if you're just going, I just want to figure out what I'm passionate about. And I just want to shoot for the stars. That's great. But yeah, if you're living in mom's basement, that's not going to fly real long. But if you're just going, I just want to pick something just solely for the money, that's going to get old real quick. You know, I make a good living. And I know you do as well. And so money's great and money provides a lot of opportunities and options in life. But I would rather make less and love what I'm doing then make a lot of money and hate my life. That just sounds miserable. It is miserable. I've seen it firsthand. They're telling
0: us that this is where you want to be because that's where the money is, and it's Sunday at 3 a.m. This is just probably par for the course.
1: Yeah, like a good question to ask for people who are kind of like in the trenches of that is just ask, is this a busy season or is this the way it is? Cause like there's always times where it's just busier than others. You know, if you're, if you're an accountant, if you're a CPA, then tax time is just busier than others. Right. But if you're like, this is the way it is, then that's when you really got to step back and figure out, is this what I want? Like, if I fast forward and play this out and I look down the road five, 10 years, like, is that the end goal? Is that really what the kind of life that I want to have? So that's a great question for people to really ask themselves. That's a good one. You know, it's funny because there were people that I was jealous of, like guys who were like,
0: yeah, I've been working three days straight and I'd be like, oh, that sucks. And they're like, no, man, this is great. I'm a part of a team. The deals are getting done. And I'm like, I wish I cared about these deals at all. You know, and for to me, it was just yeah. like, Nothing I wanted to be a part of. And this is why some people love big law and everyone else, you know, the other 99% hates it. And so I think it's important to balance things with your future as well, right? I mean, you said you've got a family. A lot of people think, I love this job. I'm married to this job. This is fantastic. If you ever want to reproduce, you
1: kind of have to build that in, don't you think? I fully believe that if if I'm a great speaker, if I'm a great podcaster, if if I make a difference in a bunch of other lives, but if I suck as a husband or as a father, like screw that it's just not worth it like I'd rather be a good dad I'd rather be a good husband and so it's it's always it's definitely a balance cuz you're working to build something you're working to create something so I still even as an entrepreneur as a business owner I work really really hard and I work a lot of hours but at the same time yeah you definitely you have to balance that and kind of roll with those ebbs and flows and whoever's in your world my you know my wife we have to have to communicate massively and just make sure we're on the same page that while we're doing this, while I'm busting my butt, I'm also, I know that I'm providing a great life for our family. I know that we're able to take a lot of trips and vacations, give our kids cool experiences that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise, but being able to just enjoy just the fruits of your labor and not just be someone who just work, 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 and then you just die one day. Like that's just a horrible plan, but being able to just enjoy the journey of life and enjoy some of the benefits that you've been reaping.
0: I agree with you. And devil's advocate here. It's like, thanks, Grant. You know, you guys have these great businesses that you started a long time ago, and you were able to balance it with your family. I didn't think that far ahead. I'm 40 right now, and I've got three kids. You know, I'm divorced. What am I supposed to do? I can't just start something. Or or even younger guys who go, that's great, but you guys are, you guys had more opportunities than me. Or, you know, how did people that you've interviewed on your show and things like that, how did they find work that they love? And how can other people start taking steps towards that, rather than just showcasing? Look at all these other people enjoying their career. Sucks to be you, right?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, there's like the old adage of the best time to start something was yesterday, but the second best time to start something would be today. I so, say that all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me. One of the guys we interviewed. This guy was a criminal attorney, would defense attorney defended like murders, like serious, hardcore cases. That he, this guy would do. He was in his career for like twenty some years, and finally just got to a point where he's like. I'm at the top of my game, but I'm just burnout, I'm done. And like just killing it in his career, but just realizing internally like this just isn't for him. So he just kind of went on that soul searching process of figuring out like, okay, if I leave this law thing, that's all I've known mid-40s, what do I want to do with my life? And so he eventually uh, just quit, walked away at the top of his game of being this criminal defense attorney and s- literally started a chocolate factory. Nice. And he's like, I knew nothing about chocolate, but it was something that I knew I could just kind of figure out. And so he just, he learned about chocolate. And so now he has this super successful chocolate factory, literally is what it is. And they source beans from literally all over the world. They've got them in shops and, and their bars all over the all over the world. And so Just a really cool story of a guy who, I mean, he's at the top of his game. He's killing it. He's in his mid 40s, but he decides, no, no, I can't keep going down this path because I may be making a lot of money. I may be killing it in my career. Everybody's patting me on the back, but inside, I'm dying and I can't keep living like that. So for him, he just got to a point where he's like, it bothers me enough that I'm willing to make a change. Because here's the thing there's a lot of things in life. That bother us, but they don't bother us enough to do anything about it.
0: Yes, that sort of like the low grade fever I call it, where you go, yeah, screw yeah. it, I'm going to work anyway. Now back to the show.
1: Like dudes, we we get up in the morning, we step on the scale, or we look in the mirror and we're like, ah, I got a little extra there. I wish it wasn't there. It bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough to take it seriously. And so for so many guys, they're like, I hate my job. I hate going in. I make good money, though. It bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough to change. And so many guys that I've met, and you're probably the same spot, where guys who didn't change anything until maybe they were forced to. So maybe they were downsized, maybe they were laid off, maybe they were fired, maybe they decided to move, maybe there's some significant life transition that forced them to actually do something about it. Because again, like if it doesn't bother you enough to change, then you'll never do anything about it. You'll be content with mediocrity and you'll just stay in that place forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other sort of aspect of the low-grade fever is sunk cost, right? You go, but I went to school for this, or but I've been doing this for so long I'm only a little ways away from, you know, partner, senior counsel, this raise, that promotion, and you can really get sucked in there. Because, again, bear in mind, you know, companies use things like raises and promotions to keep you there when they know you want to leave, right? For sure. And it's designed that way.
1: I I talked to a guy this morning who's like, I'm 32. I just kind of wrapped up school to do dentistry. And he's like, I've got massive amounts of debt. But I'm getting into dentistry here and I'm realizing I don't like it. It's not for so but I've spent so many years going down this path. What do I do now? I said, Well, you could continue down that path and just become numb to it. That sounds miserable though. Or you can decide, crap, I, I went down this path. I feel like I'm kind of in deep. But if it's not the right path, then it's not the right path. So what do I need to do to backtrack? Now, obviously, you're in kind of deep. you got to really think through your exit strategy of what you might do differently and where you might go from there. But don't just become numb to something just because you feel like that's what's expected of you or, you know, I've already invested so many years of experience or at this job or at this company or in school or whatever it may be. So therefore, I feel trapped you're never trapped. However far down that path you're on, you can always pivot. You can always shift course and course correct and go a different route. So anytime you just feel like, well, I'm in too deep. I might as well just settle in. That's a bad spot to be in.
0: Interesting. So you kind of have to force yourself to take stock, break out of your autopilot and go, wait a minute. I've
1: hated this for a long time there's a lot of guys that just, I think getting to a spot in life where you just, you have like a midlife crisis where you just hate life and you're just frustrated where you're at. It doesn't happen overnight in the same way that a great marriage isn't built overnight. In the same way divorce doesn't happen overnight. Being a good dad doesn't happen overnight. It's a lot of little things. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're just like, how the crap did I end up here? Like, how did this happen? Like, this is not at all way i expected my life to go and so i think it's good for a guy like that who's 32 going okay i'm starting to get some internal nudges that maybe i need to be going a different path i need to be doing something different or he could just he could just squash those and push those aside and ignore them and wake up in another 10 or 15 years going i hate my life how did i end up here well i probably didn't pay attention to those you know those little voices or those little nudges or just those things going Maybe I got to ask and answer some of those deeper questions of what am I doing and then not be afraid of what's on the other side of the answer.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I think it's important to do that. It's scary, though. And it's funny. You had a a top level lawyer who became a chocolatier. I mean, it's like the lawyer equivalent of dropping the microphone, walking off stage, right? It's like, boom, I'm at the top. I don't have to worry about fading out. Nobody's going to talk any smack about, you know, used to be something, something because I left at the peak, right? Nobody will ever know. Then he started William Wonka Esquire, chocolatier or whatever, and uh, doing what he loves. That's excellent. Traded in his courtroom attire for a purple suit and a top hat. Exactly. And,
1: you know. And now looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty, and people are like, "Wow, hey, that's really cool." But I even asked him. I was like. Like in the midst of it, aren't you worried what people think? Like, what is he thinking? Like, does he lose his mind? Is he really quitting his law thing in order to to start a chocolate factory? Like, what is, is something going on there? Yeah, but it's like you can't be worried about what other people think. You know, no. you can't be worried about what other people are questioning or thinking. You know, I'll give you a quick example from my own life. Like, I've lived here. I live in Missouri. I lived here my entire life. Same city. All of our families here. It's. A, I've got no problems with it. It's a good little place to live. And uh, we actually we just. um Decided to move to Nashville, and so we're going to be moving there fairly soon. So just to kind of announce it on the blog and the podcast and to the family and yada yada. And having a lot of people like, can you do that? Are you sure about that? Have you thought it through? And it's like, yeah, like, I don't want to make decisions based on what the rest of the world thinks and whether everyone approves of it or disapproves of it.
0: When you do that, you're basing decisions based off of everyone else's insecurities, and that's a lot when you add all those things together.
1: So many people have come up to us like in the past week or two and they're like, that's so cool, you're moving. Like, and it's not like they're saying it like, that's cool, because Nashville's a cool city. It's more like, Like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, did you, who do I go to ask for permission to do something like that? Or, you know, do I need to get approval or where do I get my permission slip? It's like, you don't need that. Like, you've got the ability to make those changes yourself and to create a life that you want and creating it on your terms and not worrying about what the rest of the world thinks. It's funny you should say that. I I met my cousin recently and she lives
0: back and forth, Florida, Saudi Arabia, Texas, stuff like that, because she married this oil guy. And it's funny because she she came out to LA when I was still out there. We were having drinks and she goes, you know, I just owe you big time for traveling so much when we were younger. And I said, why? Why do you owe me anything? She goes, if you hadn't left Michigan, I wouldn't have left Michigan. And she she mentioned my other cousin. She goes, and I know that so-and-so wouldn't have left Michigan either because we just never thought about it. And I thought that was the only thing I thought about all through high school. But it doesn't surprise me that a bunch of Michigan born and raised folks with our all of our parents who are born and raised in Michigan had just kind of never thought, hey, you don't have to live here for your whole life and marry somebody that you already know.
1: Yeah. That's so true. Unknowingly, again, we just kind of get into these ruts and these routines. And uh you just kind of wake up one day and you're like, oh, man, how'd I end up here? You know, it's just it's been very, very fascinating for people who are coming up going, they ask about it almost in like a, a quiet, whispered way. Like, can I leave my invisible cage too? And I'm kind of trapped in my own little prison. Like, so I could just walk out and I don't have to ask anybody. It's like, yeah, you, you can, whatever that means. If that's a move, if that's starting a business, if that's starting a podcast, if that's ending or starting a relationship, whatever that thing may be for you, of just going, you don't have to just settle for that rut and routine in life. Like you can choose to live an adventurous life and you, you don't need someone else's permission to do it. So have you
0: noticed any trends in the things that people have said that you've interviewed other than you know hey take stock of it and what have these people done that has allowed them to break out of law dive into chocolate metaphorically or or literally that would be
1: pretty nice too that would be interesting Yeah. yeah i'm intrigued no i think uh i think there's a few things that people do i think a lot of times i think people just take the time to take stock and take inventory of their own life i know for me like i went through my own little quarter life crisis where went to college got the degree started a job stood down that path And I'm about 25, been married. We've got our first child on the way and just feeling like, I don't know if this is the path that I want to be on. So it took me a good like six months or so of just really like figuring out, okay. If this isn't it, then no magic fairy is going to arrive and just hand me a slip of paper and say, you shouldn't be doing this. Instead, here's your career path. Start headed down that way. It just, it doesn't work like that. So just really kind of doing that hard work of the soul and just figuring out what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What am I passionate about? What does the market allow? How do these things all come together and create a career? And I just, I don't think most people take the time to do it. I think most people just, we wish, we hope, we just assume that I could just uh, magically quit my job on Friday that I hate and magically start this job that I love on Monday. It just it does not work like that. So one of the best things you can do is just taking small incremental steps towards that thing where it's like, okay, I'm starting to hone in. and starting to think through. I think this is maybe the next step for me. So I don't have to quit my job and start this new thing tomorrow, but I can just take baby steps towards it. And then let's see where things work. Now, things may fall into place. Things may fall apart. I don't know though, unless I try. And so a great, a great theme for some of these people is just, I'm willing to take action and I'm comfortable with the result. So I may try it and may go awesome. It may not, but that's okay because I feel like I'm getting closer to maybe what that next thing is that I'm supposed to be doing. Remember that test? Did
0: you have this test? I grew up in the Midwest as well, where you told it things that you liked or things that you were good at. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was just things that you like. And it's like, here's a possible career for you. And it was like metal stamper and things like that. Remember that test? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because it's like, that's the career advice that you're going to get from this school. That's the mainstream stuff that people are helping us, our kids with. That's so sad. And, you know, you think about the people that you know that are successful and what they do and things like that. And a lot of them are just like, it's a living. And you're thinking, man, you're like the number one car dealer in Michigan or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but they spend all their time going on as much vacation as possible. Parents are divorced. Kids are maladjusted. Dad's always at work, clearly hates his life. You know, and it's just like, wow. It is interesting to see these trends in successful people that are also happy And I think that's really, really important. And I don't want people to take away like follow your passion. Well, what do you think about that? Because that's sort of common cookie cutter, motivational, follow your passion type of advice that you see from motivational speakers. And what do you think of that advice? Because I personally am not a fan, but I'd love to hear what you think, considering this is your business.
1: Yeah, I think you have to throw in some caveats, you know, like just figuring out, hey, what am I passionate about? Let's do that. Then that typically is going to fall flat. But figuring out, you know, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're good at it. Uh, I may be super passionate about sports, but I'm not going to be playing at a professional level. So making sure that that's aligning with at least what my skill sets are. And then like we talked about earlier, what does the market bear? You know, if I'm super passionate about uh, underwater basket weaving, that's great. But good luck finding anyone that's going to pay for it. So you got to make sure that it's, it's aligning with a few other factors there beyond just what am I passionate about? And if I just figure out what I'm passionate about, then all of my life will fall into place magically. Like that, that I don't buy. I don't think it works like that at all. But I do think there's absolutely some importance to figuring out like what is it deep within the core, the very fibers of, of who I am. Here's a great way to, or a couple thoughts here on figuring out what you're passionate about. Because a lot of times people are talking to me and they're like, I just don't know what I'm passionate about. And if someone could just help me understand what I'm passionate about, great. Then I'd go after that hardcore. So a couple things I tell people, is what are the things that like, when you come across, you read, you see on TV, whatever it is, that you have a reaction to? With the environment, with sports, with animals, with kids, with medicine, with poverty, what is the type of thing where you you just look at and you're like, ah! Something's not right about that. I've got to do something. You can't really explain it, articulate it, but just something within the core, within the fiber of who you are. There's some type of reaction about that. The other thing I tell people is it's always helpful to get outside perspective from friends and family, like people you know and trust well. Here's the way most of us are. Like, if you've got some type of situation or crisis or trouble going on, Jordan, we're all probably decent at giving you advice for that. But if we all had the exact same situation in our life, we would suck at recognizing that advice for ourselves. So sometimes it's like I can't see what I'm passionate about because I'm just too close to it. But we may have someone like we really trust and care about who calls out like, you know what, you're really – it seems like you're really passionate about this. Like every time I'm around you, you're always talking about this or you're drawn to this or you're spending your time on this. And and sometimes they may point something out and it may immediately resonate and you're like, wow, I'd never – I had never even thought of that, but now that you pointed out that you're recognizing this in me, I'm beginning to also see it in myself. The key, though, is just making sure that you find those people, like, I trust your opinion, and I trust uh, how well you know me, and that you're looking out for me, and that you have my best interest, that you're not just finding Joe Schmoe who's just going to steer you the wrong way, but like, no, this person really genuinely cares about me, and they really, really know me. Like, they know the authentic, real me, and they're able to to point out, like, these are some things that you're, you're drawn to. Those types of questions can really help some people Start to narrow down what is it that I'm actually passionate about.
0: Yeah, that's it's important. There's the element of caution because that is how I became a lawyer, right? Because people who don't know or have a lack of imagination, I should say, go, oh, well, you're highly logical and you have a good work ethic and you're smart, so you should just be a lawyer because everybody I know who's a lawyer has that combination of qualities. And it's like, yeah, but you could also do, I don't know, 10,000 other things with that set of skills. So maybe listen to what the skills are That people tell you you have, or the strengths that people tell you you have, but maybe not just the professions that they list. Because people are horribly unimaginative when it comes to that. Like, oh, you build things. Oh, you should definitely become a mechanical engineer. And it's like, or you can invent something, or you could be a a naval architect. I mean, there's a million different things, but if people aren't in that field, then they don't know. And, And definitely, maybe, or do you think we could give credence or additional credence to people who are in a field? For example, if a kid is really funny, And the parents go, oh, he should be a comedian, which no parent ever says ever. And then Chris Rock (laughs) says this kid should be a comedian. There's a different
1: level of credibility there. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, whenever someone who's in the game doing whatever that thing is and they recognize talents, that's a huge deal. So I think there's also definitely the factor of like if someone points something out like, wow, you should be a lawyer. If that doesn't immediately resonate with you, then you need to pay attention to that. If there's an immediate reaction in a positive way, you're like, oh, man, I'd never even thought a lawyer, that sounds great. Let's do that. But if they say, you know, you should be a you're really good at arguing, you're really good at making points, you're really good at pointing out facts, you should be a lawyer. And you're like, eh, I guess I could, but that doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, good call. Then you you, you gotta pay attention to that. That your own just little internal voices there. Enjoy the rest of the show.
0: That's totally what I was doing. I was like, oh my god, what can I do? I've got no options other than Best Buy. I'm either going to run and jump off of the nearest bridge or I guess, I mean, I've heard people tell me I should be a lawyer. Let's look at law schools, you know, and it's like, oh, starting salary looks acceptable. I guess I'll just apply to a bunch of them. Not a good strategy, not a good process, not a good idea
1: right cuz a lot of times we just take the path of least resistance a couple people told me i should do this therefore i guess i i don't know i guess i'll do that cuz again i want to eat and live indoors so we'll just we'll head down that trail without really giving it any thoughts like is that the trail that i even want to go down or is that just because everybody else is going down that path or people uh, told me to go down that path or why am i going down this route uh, i think another thing that helps people too is once you kind of identify what are some of my passions what are some of my skill sets what do i enjoy doing Uh, A good thing to do is start looking for people that are doing something similar to what you want to do. So sometimes people are like, I don't really know what it is that I want to do, but if I saw it, I would know. So for some people, they're like, I don't really know, but if I came across someone's site, uh, I know that was the way it was for me when I got started speaking. You know, I was like, I know I like speaking. I know I like working with students, but what that looks like in terms of a career, I don't know because it's not like it's a formal job. It's not like what I went to college for, but then you cross paths with someone who's like, whoa, "Whoa, your job is like you go around and you speak at schools and colleges and conferences. And I want to do that. So finding someone who's doing something in a way that you want to do it and just being able to to learn from them, there's no need to, to reinvent the wheel, but just figure out, man, they've already paved a path. They've already, they've already figured out something. So, uh, I know for me, like whenever I was starting a podcast, clearly there's people that have started podcasts. So yes, I don't have to start from scratch. Let's find someone that's doing it in a way that I want to do it and just learn from them, like just copy their model, but make it your own. So just finding someone that's doing something in a way that you want to do it and connecting with them is, is huge, huge value.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. In fact, I wish, in fact, I wish when I was younger, somebody had told me like, hey, you love traveling, join the freaking Peace Corps. I would have been like, oh, that's awesome. You know, and that would have, I could have grown a lot. I think a lot of people don't really realize that they can actually enjoy their job. I think a lot of people, and when I was younger, I thought, I'm gonna be a terrible employee because I don't feel like doing any of the stuff that I know about already. And that's because I had a lack of exposure to a lot of really cool careers. I didn't really ever know about any of the stuff that I could have done. I mean, I had no concept. I mean, 16, 17, 18 years old, your concept of jobs are, whatever your parents do, doctor, doctor, Lawyer who works in a courtroom, military sort of, and then like I don't know, whatever sort of like fireman and policeman, right? I mean, right. you don't know about the million other careers that everyone else out there has because they're not in storybooks. I thought about this. My only sort of primer on careers and education are things that I saw as a child or or growing up, and then things I saw in movies or that I imagined in my head. But other and that's you know exposure to a tenth of a percent of all careers and jobs out there, which is like a terrible thing to do. I don't really understand why, especially in this country, we don't spend more time on experiential learning and things like that. Because when you look at Europe, which has a much higher level of satisfaction and things like that in certain areas, they're exposed to those things at really young ages. They go to trade schools far more often. Our education system really isn't built around finding something you'd like to do. It's built around gaining a bunch of knowledge and then sort of like throwing everybody out there and going, go get them, see you later, and then kind of turning your back on them while simultaneously hiring people that are called guidance counselors, where there's one for every 800 people. And basically, they just take care of learning disabled people and, and stuff like that, you know, because they're overburdened and, and all they can do is focus on like the 1% that they can help.
1: I, you know, I think another way to look at it too is as it relates to like the experiential learning stuff or an internship or just trying something. You know, I think about this dentist guy we were talking about earlier, and, and I'm kind of like, man, dude, if you had. Dabbled in this maybe a little more, would you have realized that this was a bad path and you wouldn't have spent years and years and years of just investing financially and time into this path? But then you get to the end and you realize, oh, never mind, I don't want to be here. You know, it's like, it's kind of like I use the analogy of it's like if you watch a movie trailer and you watch the trailer and you're like, oh, dude, that looks awesome. That looks great. From the outside looking in, it looks wonderful. You go see it, and you're like, that sucked. All the funny parts, the best parts were in the were trailer. Were in the trailer, like, yeah. Yeah, it's we've not all good. we've all experienced that, yeah. But most people are like, I'm not even going to watch the trailer. I'm just going to watch the movie. But like, you have to be able to try it and dip your foot in it. So that's where going back to what we were talking about earlier of I'm going to take just some incremental steps. I'm going to take some baby steps. So it's not like I'm just going to jump off the highest point. No, no, no. I'm just going to dip my toe in first and see if I like it before I go diving in head first. Excellent. And how do we do that if we're young or looking for a career change? If we
0: already have one, where can we start on this? I mean, yes, we can take stock of things we like. Yes, we can look at our passions and things like that. But I mean, other action steps like do we write it down? Is there a flow chart? Is there a worksheet? Is there should we start talking to people who have that job? Should we shadow somebody and take a day off our job? I mean, what's literally the next action step?
1: Yeah, I think writing stuff down definitely helps. And most people are like, well, I'm not a writer and I don't like to write. Well, I don't like to write either. But I've found that getting thoughts out of my head really really makes a huge difference because sometimes we just we carry around so much in our brain and it's just swimming around so even if you just sit down at a blank piece of paper nobody's gonna read this this is just for you and you're just puking your thoughts out on paper of going hey what am i good at like if i could do anything what would i want to do is there anybody that i know that's doing something that when i look at like that's a really cool gig like how did they get that gig how if i could do something similar what would i want to what am i passionate about? what am i talented at what do i enjoy doing if if i was guaranteed success if time money location we're all irrelevant. What could I do? So, just getting some of that out of your head and just getting it on paper. Sometimes it just helps simplify it for you because now it just—I feel like I can look at it, I can analyze it a little better, and sometimes it just starts to make sense. So, I think sometimes just getting it out of your head is a huge deal. I like at some point you got to stop overthinking it and overanalyzing it and just take some step of action. And someone may be listening to this. I'm like, I want to start a podcast or I want to start a blog. That doesn't mean you have to like have this this polished beautiful blog that's beautiful and sexy the first few posts that you put up nobody's going to read except you and your mom and that's okay like you're just getting it out there and you're starting to take some steps that direction to just figure out is this resonating with me is this clicking is this is this accomplishing what i hoped it would But uh, again, you're taking those incremental steps. I've heard it called incremental bravery, where each time I take a step and it feels right, then I can take another step. Oh, this still feels right. Okay, now I can take another step. And each time you take that step, that incremental bravery is growing. You're gaining more confidence that this is the right path uh, without feeling like the need to, to put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely.
0: That's really interesting because I think a lot of people are afraid to even take the, not only the risk of career change, But almost the emotional or the mental risk of taking stock of their ideas, their passions, and things like that, they tend to bury those things because it's almost overwhelming, right? Have you ever heard that from anybody that you've spoken with? I mean, I feel like once you're in a career for five, ten years or more, you might think just thinking about not doing it anymore might be scary or dangerous.
1: Oh, for sure. I think it's just that paralysis of analysis that I'm just, I'm stepping back and I'm thinking of the big picture that I quit this job and now I'm starting something different, but I I don't know what it is. And it's just, you're you're going from the known to the unknown, which is always going to be scary. The point, though, is that you need to minimize that risk as much as possible. So again, it's not like you're quitting your your uh, your day job on Friday and you're finding your dream job on Monday. It, it doesn't work like that for anybody. You know, for me, when I finally decided, hey, I want to become a speaker, I think that would be a cool gig. It took me a good year and a half of starting to build the business and starting to book some engagements and starting to get going and get some traction before I was able to do it full time so it's never something where out of the gate you're just you're quitting this one thing and I'm leaving the safety and security of my job and now I'm gonna jump over here to this unknown and I just hope it magically works out like that's always just a bad plan but just figuring out okay where do I want to go and I've got just this fuzzy idea of where I want to be how can I start taking a few steps that direction that's going to start moving me in the direction that I want to go without again without like betting the farm on this thing that hopefully may, hopefully will work, but at the same time may not. Excellent. Is there any more action,
0: especially practical tips, that guys can do, use, take, engage on, embark on? Any thought exercises, anything like that? Are there any more of those that maybe we haven't touched on?
1: I think that part of the challenge is, is there's no clear-cut thing, uh, like way to get there. Because it's not like think of it like this. Like if we look at A to Z type thing, a lot of times we look at people that are killing it, people that are doing well, and we look at Z. Z is the point that's sexy. That's the point that we want to get there. Right? right. How you go from A to Z could look a million different ways. So it's not real clear cut. It's not going to be the same for everyone. So following steps one, two, three may work great for one person. It may not at all. So he- here's a couple thoughts. Okay. One is I think sometimes people put the pressure on themselves to figure out what's the one thing I'm going to do because whatever that one thing is, that's what I'm going to be doing for life. And I, I think that's way too much unnecessary pressure. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, good, good point. I think back to who you were like five ten years ago. Like My assumption would be that the person you were five or 10 years ago is different than the human that you are today. You learn more about yourself. You figure out what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, the people that you like to hang out with. Do you like working in a large office? Do you like working by yourself? What's kind of the best type of setting for you? So you know, for some people who are like, okay, what is my passion? What am I good at? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? That's a massive 50,000 foot question. I don't think there's just necessarily like one thing that this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to do this for the next 30 or 40 years. You're not prepared to answer that as a 17-year-old kid either or a 27-year-old kid for that matter. If people were to ask me a year ago, hey, would you ever consider doing a podcast? I was like, nah, it just doesn't really do anything for me. But now I'm really, really digging it. So if I were to just say, well, my passion is this over there and it's not you know, not podcasting, then, uh, you know, I'm ruling out an option that may be totally legit down the line. So who you are is just always evolving and changing. Just consider how long your working life is going to be. You know, statistically, most people are going to have, I've always heard different statistics, but anywhere from like eight to 14 different careers over the course of their lifetime. And that's not like eight to 14 like different jobs. Like I'm a lawyer for this firm and now I'm a lawyer for that firm. But like, you no, know, no, I was a lawyer. I'm a doctor and I'm if I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's over here, like just a variety in, in that of order. Different, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kind of backtracking, but there's just a variety of different things because most of us we're just not wired to just, I'm just gonna do this one thing and I'm gonna have this one career and I'm gonna do this one job and that's what it's gonna be for the next thirty or forty years. So take some of the pressure off because cause if you you know, if you take a few action steps towards a path that you think it's it, and then you get down there six months and you're like, ah, eh, this isn't what I thought. Great. That just means you're one step closer to figuring out what that one thing is then. So the the line of going from a job you hate to a job you love is not linear. It's all over the map, and there's no perfect path to get there. The point, though, is that if you're taking steps, you're taking action, and you're not just sitting on the sideline hoping it magically works itself out – that, that never works. But if I'm just I'm taking some steps one direction and it, and it works, great. I'm going to keep going down that path. But if I go a different direction and it's not working, great. At least I tried. I think that's where most guys get hung up is we just overanalyze it. We want it to go great. We want it to be perfect. I don't want to fail. Uh, but listen, if you fail, that, again, that just means you're one step closer to getting towards what you want to be doing rather than just, again, sitting on the sideline just hoping that it all kind of comes together.
0: Excellent. Now, last but not least, is there one or two qualities that you've noticed in all of the guys and gals, rather, that you've interviewed, that you've spoken to, that you've seen be successful over the years? Is there any quality that you've seen that sort of stretches through all of them, even if it's a 30,000-foot quality?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things. I think one that people are just they're hustlers, and they're just willing to go after it. And they're just willing to work hard. And they're willing to just put in the work that it takes in order to get from where they are to where they want to be. I just think most people it's like, ah, man, I would love to have a different life. It just seems hard. I don't want to do that. It's just it is hard. It's a lot. It's very, very hard. But If you're frustrated enough with where you're at that you want to get to somewhere else, are you willing to put in the hustle and the work to make it happen? So I think that's one thing. I think the other thing too is people that are very, very calculated at taking risk. Like I'm not a big risk taker. But if I am going to take a risk, it's very, very calculated. And like we said, we're not going to bet the farm on something. I'm going to try something small. I'm going to take some of these incremental steps, and with each step, it's it's gaining more confidence and bravery towards maybe something that I want, I would rather be doing, uh, without feeling the need to to um, you know to put all the eggs in one basket. But again, you, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't take some at least little step towards where you where you want to be going. So. Uh, Being able to take some risks, being able to hustle, being willing to try something, uh, I think those are some things that I've noticed that successful people are really willing to do. Excellent. Thanks so much.
0: We are going to, of course, point to your show and your website in the show notes, and we really appreciate your time, man. A lot of people out there always looking for what they can do with their life. Obviously, neither you or I can really answer that directly, but at least we can help point them in the right direction so that they might have the combination of luck, hustle, and know-how that got us to where we are, which is happy.
1: Beautiful. Hey, Jordan, one other thing I'll mention to you is uh, we've got a list of uh, some questions we put together, just five questions to help people, help dudes figure out, find and do work that they love. So if people want to check that out, they can just go to grandbaldon.com slash charm, and uh, it's just a link for you guys. So check that out, and if that's uh, beneficial, helpful to you, then uh, download that and uh, ponder it, chew on it, kick it around, and let it help you. Thank you so much, man. Much appreciated. Enjoy it, buddy.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I think it really is important to figure out what you're passionate about, what you like to do, and try to intersect that with your job, with your career. I get a lot of email from a lot of folks about how do I find out what I want to do with my life? How do I figure out what I'm good at? How do I figure out what I'm passionate about? How do I turn that into a job? Honestly, you know, I figure Grant's a great resource to ask when it comes to this sort of thing, especially his show where he interviews a lot of folks that do look at different ways of finding their passion or people that have done what you're looking to do. And of course, check out his show. We'll have it linked up in the show notes if you want to hear from some folks who've turned their passion into their livelihood. We'll see you next time. Special thanks to you guys for listening. Show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let me know, Jordan H at theartofcharm.com. And of course, bootcamp details there as well. Go ahead and email or call me. Honestly, that's the best way to get in touch and I'll give you everything you need to know about our programs here in LA. If you guys are listening, but you're not subscribed to iTunes or Stitcher, go ahead and make the change there because getting your shows delivered free to your phone or computer while you sleep is the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts and search for The Art of Charm. That's it. And if you guys want to write us a nice review, we'll love you forever there as well, because it helps other people find us, and it's really important to keep our show ranks up. So tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week, go out there and get social, and leave everything and everyone better than you found them.